I'm Tash and I'm helping out with marketing at Cosive. My name's Chris, I'm the CTO at Cosive. So today we're going to be talking about ChatGPT and its applications for CTI. And Chris, I know this is something that you've been really geeking out about lately. Can you give us a really brief summary of what ChatGPT is? I know most people know, but just in case anyone listening to this doesn't know, um, what is ChatGPT? I'll try to keep it brief. There's so much to talk about, really. They they call it a large language model, but I think most of us would probably call it an AI chatbot. Um, and the amazing thing about it is that it's it's just very general purpose. Um, and I've got friends, you know, in in various professions, um, technical professions, um, you know, in psychology, in UX, um, in all sorts of fields that are really excited about this. And what Certainly in my experiments, finding out that even though it is very generic, there are a lot of applications that miraculously uh, work for niche disciplines like cyber threat intelligence. So you were playing around with ChatGPT. What got you thinking about its applications for CTI in particular? So CTI has a continual problem. We have this holy grail that we want to do machine to machine um, representation of threat intelligence. And it might be things like such and such threat actor ran a campaign. Um, they used these um, techniques, uh, which we have, you know, in the last few years taken to using the MITRE attack taxonomy to describe, you know, using identifiers, you know, the sort of um, tricks that an attacker was using. So all of these things have identifiers. So it's a lovely theory that we can structure um, threat intel packages you know, in this very highly structured format, which might be sticks, uh, it could be as a mispackage. The problem is taking the concepts um, which come out of, you know, the observations of analysts typically, but could be out of a, an automated system and turning it from that sort of, that human wisdom into a machine readable format. And that's always been a big problem. Um, one of the classics is a, um, a cybersecurity vendor or a threat intelligence organization puts out a threat intelligence report and classically these have been done as pdfs um, and the pdf will run it might run for you know it might be five pages 10 pages 40 pages um, and it can get into a lot of depth uh, about you know the technical indicators we see like ip addresses and hashes and, and domain names and all those sort of things you want to go look for uh, in your logs but the bit that these automated systems to date have always struggled with are really trying to understand it as a whole. So what's the name of this threat actor? That sounds easy, you know, in theory, like a human can pick it because you know, in the report it says, this threat actor, which we are now calling, you know, X, Y, Z, um, us humans can pick it for machines to date, it's been really hard. So a really exciting application of things like uh, chat GPT has been getting it to help really parse these reports and turn all that unstructured text and give it structure. So put it into a sticks package or put it into a miss package or mark up all of those, um, those attack IDs, let's say. And that was a recent experiment that you did and wrote a blog post about, which was trying to extract attack IDs using chat GPT. What was that like? Yeah. So I was pretty blown away. This was a fairly early experiment. I did, um, and I want to say this was about uh, three, four days into playing around, and I did the same thing as everybody else, and I got it to, you know, uh, write me a story sounding like a grizzled 1930s detective, and uh, all all that fun, and sometimes quite 
frankly, terrifying stuff it can put out. But then I started thinking about, well, a, a problem I've been thinking about recently um, before this chatbot came along was, um, yeah, I want to be able to take this PDF report we were talking about. Um, I want to be able to work out what are all the attack techniques. So I can do MITRE attack. That's getting a lot of traction in a lot of organizations. That's how they want to do everything. Now basically is, you know, um, for our defenses, for what we're seeing for threats, can we use attack to see if our logs and our alerts can sort of start to cover the scenarios that we think uh, we're the most at risk of. Um, so that's where it started. And I was really blown away with how successful my initial experiments were. Um, and I, I, I wrote all of this down in the blog, which maybe we can link to um, later on uh, for the full detail of it. But it didn't take me very long to get to a point of just realizing that, yeah, this is absolutely viable. And what amazed me all the more was that chat GPT is not designed by any measure to understand what attack is. It doesn't know what attack is. It knows uh, a whole bunch of information. It's slurped in to, you know, uh, to a machine learning model. But for the purposes of an analyst, it seems to speak attack and understand the concepts of it well enough that I can use it to help me both make some judgments, at least some initial judgments that I as a human analyst are gonna review, uh, and also to just to do all the scut work of marking up um, this report, things like putting the attack technique tag into the right place. And then if I decide I want to do it in front of, you know, the passage of text describing a technique rather than at the end, I can just say, um, hey bot, can you put it at the front, not the end? And it'll say, sure, here is it again, uh, reworked just the way you asked. And all that tedious stuff is things that as an analyst, I'd have to sit down and um, you know work out for myself and copying and pasting or write a script at at the very least, just to do that data manipulation work. It's, it's, it's really, really good at it. We'll link to the blog post that you mentioned, Chris, where you deep dive into your experiments around um, chat GPT for attack. Are there any other experiments that you've been running in the CTI space with ChatGPT? Yeah, well, the next one, and this is preliminary, and it's taking me a little while because it's a bit hit and miss, but my next area I really want to try to, um, let's say, get a workable solution for is sticks document generation. So we were talking with Incosive as a sort of a bit of a gimmicky idea um, about, yeah, doing a, a hoodie. And what could we put on the hoodie to sort of denote what we do at Cosive? So one idea was, okay, so, you know, we're very big on, you know, things like sticks um, as a standard. Could we sort of map Cosive as an identity um, the same way you might as a threat actor? And then we could link all the services Cosive provides, whether it's, you know, um, uh, software or, uh, you know, uh, infrastructure we do, and then link it as a, like a sticks mind map, let's call it. And it sort of neatly both explains what we do and also kind of also signals to the right people how we're doing it. The thought here was, could I just describe the map I wanted? So literally my prompt would be something along the lines of, there is an organization um, which I want you to represent as a, an identity uh, entity in, um, in Sticks. Then Cosive offers two infrastructure um, tools. One's called CloudMisp, one's called Smoke Proxy. It also offers two tools. One's called Fish Feeder, one's called um, Antifraud. Um, then I want you to do uh, the course of action. Uh, and, but you can see where I'm going with this is I'm just sort of explaining in English 
how all these things link together. It basically does it, um, which again was really, really impressive given it doesn't know what sticks is, but it just spat out this JSON that looked very much like sticks. Now the devil's in the detail though, because you see all these little glitches. The first time it spat this out for me, it didn't wrap it in a sticks bundle, which is a thing that just sort of keeps all of this together. Um, so a lot of six validators won't process it without a bundle. So the first thing you have to say is, but you can literally say, take that JSON and put it in a sticks bundle and it'll go away and say, okay. And it spits you out new JSON now wrapped in what looks like a valid bundle. But then you have to look closer again. You find out that all of those uh, UUIDs, those sort of long, you know, unique random looking strings, they're not actually valid to uh, the specification of how to generate a version for UUID. I even had a case where it was spitting out version one UUIDs. I knew they were version one because there's a the 13th digit in one of these values um, would be a one or a four, depending on which version of UUID it's using. It swore black and blue, it was a version four UUID. It even explained that it was because the 13th digit was a four, but I was looking straight at it at the one. Eventually I said, well, here are 10 UUID version four values. Um, that's what it looks like. This is what I want you to do from now on. And to its credit, from that point on, it would use correct values. So you can coach it, but you have to be on your toes. Um, because yeah, it would totally confidently give you answers that are utterly wrong. Um, so, you know, we're in a very early stage of, you know, this technology being public at the moment, but yeah, that's the big takeaway for me so far is that you absolutely have to double, triple check whatever it says, no matter how confidently it says it. Right. It sounds like it's quite often confidently incorrect, um, which is kind of the most dangerous way to be incorrect. But also, I mean, the drawbacks of that can be somewhat limited if you yourself supervising the tool are an expert in the area, but it still does require that expert supervision to make sure that it's not occasionally spitting out nonsense that looks believable. Generally, my my thinking so far is um, you want to use it for certain types of operations where, yeah, you're not building bridges and you're not trying to do anything that's too precise. Um, you do want to check the output, but uh, yeah, you definitely have to have that that skeptical uh, mindset very much, which is not a bad thing to train on. Like you've basically got a junior analyst who's trying to gaslight you at every turn. So it definitely makes you question your assumptions. It makes you question every fact. So it's kind of a good exercise on a certain level. We have to be mindful it's very early days. I mean, yeah, literally, I think it's been like 11 days, I know, since I started playing with this. So very early days for this space. And no doubt there will be a huge influx of investment and, and, and interest in, you know, competitors to it as well, which are all going to have, you know, their own subtleties. But naturally, the thinking has gone to a lot of like, well, what jobs is this going to automate? Um, and as of today, I don't see that, you know, it, it can automate what, an, you know, just judging what we have today, it can't automate what an analyst does because it can't do it reliably yet. Um, I mean, who knows how that changes, but right now I very much see it as that it's a super productivity tool. You can tell it to do things like write me a, um, a report about a vulnerability called XYZ, it's critical severity, the vendor name is blah, go, and it will spit out what is a pretty good template to start with? And maybe it would have taken you, I don't know, like um, half an hour, an hour to craft the basic template if you've never done it before. And here you go, it's got something for you to refine on. It's It's got all of this promise. 
it's sure to change and grow over time. So I think any you know um, threat intel shop is going to be starting to think about, all right, so how are we going to use this? How much are we going to allow it to you know go fully automated? Like I said, I'm, I'm skeptical at this point on it. Um, how much do we allow it to sort of start feeding in as an automated input to human analyst processes? Do you think that AI like ChatGPT or other tools that might emerge could change the role of the CTI analyst pretty fundamentally within, say, the next 10 years? Yeah, I think that's inevitable. And I'd, and not just for Intel, of course, but I think all knowledge workers and, and beyond. So I think for what it means in the future for analysts, it's really hard to predict right now how this is going to look even in two years, I think. Um, if I'm being, I, I think how I'm thinking about it right now is that you know, the way the human brain works based on what we know so far about a chatbot like this, we still process information in a particular way. We still know what's happening in our organizations and something like ChatGPT has no idea. So I think for an analyst, maybe the, you know, the direction to take your career is going to be, okay, so this is going to be around, this is going to be a standard thing. Everyone's going to be able to just describe a threat and spit out the six different one very easily or mark up with MITRE attack tags. But um, the bot can't apply all these learnings into your organization as far as we know. Maybe there's gonna be a, you know, like a, a private tenancy uh, chatbot down the line and you train in a whole bunch of your own corporate data, but that would all be theoretical at the moment. I can absolutely see that it would be demand for it if you could guarantee, you know, where that data is going. So it understands your organization, but I still contend that analysts are going to understand the organization, the politics, the budgetary constraints, all the day-to-day -day things that you know we humans pick up listening to conversations, reading emails, being in the organization for, for five years and just knowing how it works and how people think. So using what a chatbot like this can generate, um, you know, helping it to form outputs of knowledge, but then us, the humans applying that knowledge and making strategic recommendations. I can't yet see that we're going to get replaced for that. I might eat my words in, in five years, who knows? But that's that's what I consider the most likely outcome right now. Well, thanks, Chris. This has been a really interesting discussion. It's a fascinating area, super new and undoubtedly, you know, we'll, we'll need to catch up again in a few months and see how things are shaking out then. But um, thanks again for, for chatting on this. No worries. Thank you.